If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show. Brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. And away we go. Continuing on, another reminder as we get started here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Today's show recorded a little bit earlier uh, in the morning. Not live is the point, but uh, be back with you live tomorrow uh, as I was, uh, well, planning to be at my son's uh, medical procedure today. Nothing serious. Don't want to make it sound like it is. It's a minor medical procedure that he needs to have. But it happens to be smack dab in the middle of the afternoon, right when I would be on the air. So Tom and I recording this morning. Got that out of the way for FCC purposes, and onward we move. Mike Norvell is in a position now that he's probably waited his whole life to be in. And that is that I am the head coach at a Power 5 institution that has national championship pedigree, that has the wherewithal to win national championships. It is placed regionally uh, in a way that is unique compared to other institutions, meaning you can get great players here because of where Florida State resides. Are there better locales? Yeah, for fans to get in and out of, meaning the city and two, but in terms of recruiting, you are smack dab in a perfect spot in a talent-rich region of the country of which there are a surplus of players. And for that reason, when you win games, this becomes a top five job. When when you consider other factors, whether it's facilities, history, overall money, you might move Florida State down a little bit 
you might have them just as a top 10 program to coach at, maybe a top 15 program. When they're winning and when they have an investment from the university and when there is the positive momentum that Florida State has currently, there aren't too many places you could name that you would rather be to be a head coach. So after a lot of hard work and now success on the field at a program like this, Mike finds himself in a position, I think for the first time in his career, to have kind of the pick of the litter when making a coaching hire. Now, sure, some guys are in existing positions in which they're well thought of and making lots of money at a program that is winning at a higher clip than Florida State is, and they wouldn't think of leaving that particular program. That's true. That's always going to be the case. There are other great jobs out there. But for the rest, wherever it is they're at, Mike Norvell calls and says, you want to be my defensive backs coach? They're listening. And that would, I think, probably include upwards of 95% of the jobs in America at that position, right? I mean, Mike is in a good position because you can bet, and I am not quoting anybody on this, and I'm not telling you that I have inside information on this, but you can bet there are a lot of guys whose agents are reaching out right now letting it be known that even though they may have a job, they're interested in the one that is open in Tallahassee, that it doesn't need to get out there. And if it does, we'll deny it. But if you wanted to talk to my guy, he'd be open to your advances. So <laughs> I do think that's a cool position to be in. We would all love that. We would all love to be in a position of, hey, listen, you're now head of an operation that has gained real momentum, is successful, is building towards something that is going to be even more successful, and hey, you have an opportunity to improve that organization to help expedite the process. Who do you want to get? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure who I want to get. Kind of a list of about two or three guys that I've always really thought highly of that might fit in this situation. Your agent says, uh, well, how about that list be 25 guys because I'm feeling calls every hour of very highly qualified individuals that you may want to take a look at. Let's broaden our horizons, Jeff. Let's broaden our horizons, Tom. And in this case, let's broaden our horizons, Mike. You've got more options than you had this time last year. Last year, you had no options. This year, you have almost all of them. What a cool moment. That's what success brings. That's what success brings. So you can bet Mike is reveling in this. Yeah, he should be. And and look, you know, if you are even, let's just say, at a uh, higher position at a group of five level, let's say you're a defensive coordinator and not a defensive backs coach, this is a place you'd come to be a position coach in order to make the big leap forward. Think about Tony Tokars and, and his story, which is he was offered better positions at higher pay, you know, in the short term would be much more beneficial to him. And he said no to it. And he came for an off-the-field role with Mike Norvell. And it ended up paying off with a quarterback's coach job in this offense and now a better reputation, more money. And in the long run, it's going to serve his career better. You know, he took a step back in order to gamble on a guy that he believed in to take a bigger leap forward as a coach in his career. I think that's instructive here. It might not just be that you go get a defensive backs coach from another place. Could be a high school head coach, could be a defensive coordinator at the college level. I don't know. I would feel like the the, the um, candidate pool would be far and wide. And what gets cool here is when you have success at this level, 
and now you are a stable place and you've got a reputation for advancing not just players to the next level, but coaches to the next phase of their career, you can create redundancy on your staff. Here is where I will open that discussion with me. Usually I'm the conservative guy. (laughs) You could hire your next defensive coordinator with this move. You could. You could find somebody with the pedigree that could grow into that position. You should be doing that at all times anyway. But honestly, on offense, you know, he, Mike Norvell, created a pipeline of guys that could become OCs in the future. Alex Atkins elevated when Kenny Dillingham is gone. You could see Tony Tokars maybe in, you know, three to four years being elevated into that role. Chris Thompson, the redundancy of being kind of the skipper of the ship behind the scenes because Mike, Coach Mike Norvell, you see all the things that he's putting together over there. That makes sense. On defense, where is the other defensive coordinator? Would you really feel great if Randy Shannon took over as the defensive coordinator? No, not at all. No. All right. Odell Hagens is going to be a position coach until he retires. He was, he's been a great interim head coach for Florida State. John Papuchis, special teams coordinator. You like him as a position coach. Where is that next guy? Where's the Alex Atkins on defense? Where is that guy that if you lose your coordinator, you elevate him up the ranks? You could get that guy with this hire. So I'm I'm feeling greedy about it. It's not just about developing defensive backs. I want redundancy. And in case there needs to be a move made for whatever reason, for whatever reason, over the next two or three years, you got a stone cold recruiter who can also coordinate the big picture. Well, it gets really interesting because you got to talk about it in terms of what's possible right now and what you're looking at in the future, like you said. I mean, I could foresee a dream scenario. I think you know where I'm going here. Uh, I could foresee a dream scenario which you, in which you hire a, a new defensive coordinator right now and then find your other defensive backs coach uh, all in one fell swoop. Uh, I'm not saying he will do that or even that he should. But when you have an opportunity, let's say, and maybe it's a greater opportunity than you realize, to bring on rising stars in the coaching world, they've made themselves available to you because of circumstance. Maybe things worked out in a way you could have never envisioned, and now that person is available to you. You do have to ponder whether or not you make an aggressive move this offseason to upgrade your coaching staff. And it's interesting because I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, None of us do. I don't know who he's looking at. And I don't know how many changes he wants to make. We know he wanted to make this change because it's already happened. Woodson's leaving. And Woodson had another year left on his contract. People had this misnomer out there that he didn't know he could have come back. It didn't happen. I, I'm curious um, how he goes about the process. I mean, he, he, the coach's convention, Tom, is what, this weekend? Um, it, this one or next? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's always right after the bowl season. And yeah. I, they, they've got to wait till after the playoff now, so I'd imagine it's next week. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you, it's going to be before the, the signing period in February. So, you, you, yeah. they're, they're going to have that. So, the, the point would be, He's going to have access, like direct access, as in I'm looking at you talking to you, (laughs) Um, to these coaches, uh, programs all over the country. And and this is a swap meet, man. These these coaches' conventions, I mean, this is 
it's where you go to get hired and where you get your card in somebody's hands. And, you know, all this stuff happens. It's like, who knows what kind of interest he's, he's peaked, right? I mean, yeah. now that there's stability. Oh, look, it, you know, I, I wouldn't be stunned if somebody that we've heard of, and this is not, again, it sounds like inside info. It's, it's not. But I wouldn't be stunned if somebody we heard of over the years of watching college football reaches out and says, hey, if you need a new defensive coordinator, I'm your guy. Like, because you want to be on the boat. You want to be on the ship, man. To the private island. And that's what it feels like Florida State is doing right now. They're not going to that place where they get to the port and they mix with all the other cruise boats. You want to go to the private island. You want some time on your own. Florida State appears to be going in that direction. But I've got a heart. I mean, it would have to be a yes. whole ton of home runs to make a move like that. Yes. You aspire to this. We all aspire to that. But I'm just saying you, you have a primary goal here for your hire. The primary goal is that they've got to be better in high school than we are as a staff, largely speaking. You've got to have well, somebody with ties to this footprint, and okay. you've got to have somebody who can close the deal with high school recruits better than most of our staff can do. That would be number one. Number two, my secondary goal is, I would love to find my defensive coordinator of the future with this move. And Mike Norvell thinks in those terms. He's always looking at not what you are right now, but what you can be. And he has a really good track record of finding those guys. Even if you never heard of them before, by the time they leave, you realize whatever institution he's at, you go, man, that guy was good. Good job, Mike. Well, and it's interesting. I, you, we could get grandiose because, look, man, this is sports talk radio. I mean, we're not – it can get where you really are sensitive to other people's feelings. I don't mean you and me worried about listeners' feelings per se, but, I mean, we are talking about somebody in a city in which the people live that work over there, and I understand that if you start to project over somebody who has a job, that in essence you're calling for their firing. And, I, you know, could Adam Fuller be replaced – in a way that would be satisfactory to all involved. Yeah, if you got a big name, if you got a guy, if Jim Leonard, we'll just say it, decided to be the next defensive coordinator at Florida State, and that was the move that he wanted to make, well, I'm asking you, what do you do if you're Mike Norvell? Right now, you're going to this coach's convention, and you're thinking, I've got to replace my defensive backs coach. Well, he's probably thought of that for weeks on end. I mean, he didn't just decide this week I'm firing Woodson no. or getting Woodson another job. He, yeah. th- th- this has been percolating for a while. So he's probably got a pretty good idea of three or four guys that he thinks fits that role. He might not know that he has other opportunities. You know, what, what if you got to this thing and all of a sudden that opportunity presented itself, Tom, things have changed, man. Circumstances have changed. You have to take a step back at that point and really think long and hard about what you would do if given the opportunity in the moment to make a radical shift on your staff and replace two or three guys, all with pretty much great certainty that they're going to be uh, upgrades and more successful in a variety of ways. You would maybe you would maybe have to consider going ahead and pulling the trigger and let's expedite the process. Yeah. Unless you completely disagree with me, and you might, if you're Mike, you might think, why would I get rid of Adam Fuller? Statistically speaking, Florida State had a very good year. Nobody's going to argue that he doesn't know football. I wouldn't argue that either. He does know football. He knows the X's and O's. 
exceptionally well. Mike may, would maybe argue behind closed doors, never publicly. Jeff, my defensive coordinator, was hamstrung by my defensive backs coach. And that's why I got rid of my defensive backs coach. I'm not firing my defensive coordinator who had to coach with one arm tied behind his back because my defensive backs coach was failing him. That, that may be a fair argument. I don't know. There are a lot of things that we'll never know as to what goes into this decision because that's not going to become public knowledge. And Mike ain't going to discuss it with us. So I don't know how he feels about the situation, but it is fun as fans and as people who could look at this situation and say, there's some big names out there. You just got done saying that you wouldn't be surprised at all if there were named defensive coordinators who were kind of letting it be known, hey, I don't know how you feel about your current DC, uh, but uh, hey, uh, I might be available. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying it as a general rule, when Florida State's good, people you've heard of want to work there. I'm yes. not saying that that specifically in this case, I know of a name. I just want to make that clear. No, 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 no. Yeah, Florida but... State kicks ass. People you've heard of want to go work for them, and they want to be here, and they want to be a part of this program. And you want to get in on the ground floor, for not just because, you know, perhaps it, it starts a clock for you personally, uh, but if you're in on the ground floor of an operation that's taking off, you get more credit for that. Versus joining something that's completely established. Like, for example, Bill O'Brien, right, out of Alabama, is the next in line of yeah. you know, five or six different OCs they've had. I mean, is he getting credit for revolutionizing what Alabama's doing offensively? No way. That thing's a machine. Like, Lane Kiffin might get more credit because yeah. they changed the way they operated. They Sark, way Sark they might get more credit over there at Alabama, when he was at Alabama. Yeah. Right. If you – if yes, if – your job is to come into a program that's established like a Georgia and become its defensive coordinator, Alabama becomes yeah. offensive coordinator. You're there for maintenance. You're not there for evolution, but that that's the opportunity that's here at Florida state is you got a chance. Alex Atkins would be foolish in my opinion to leave for a mediocre head coaching job. And by that, I mean, mid-level group of five, you're only going to get more and more credit for what this thing's doing, my man, as it goes on. And next year, that offense is going to be elite. So you're only, your star is only going to be more on the rise if you're at Florida State and attached to this university as it's on the way up. So I think that's why this would be attractive to people we've heard of and people who are currently employed, I'm sure, that are in pretty good situations. This could get fun real fast. But I would say, as it pertains to going to a coach's convention, there's a difference between being prepared for the possibility, which I'm sure that Mike Norvell is, and want, and willing it to be which is what you, I think, are on the side of the spectrum for. There's a difference between being prepared to listen, yes, be prepared, but then also showing up there wanting to get something done. I, I think right. No, I'm not saying – yeah, they are very different, and I'm not saying Mike's beliefs are my beliefs or that he holds my beliefs. I mean, I would be entering that coach's convention with a very different outlook, perhaps. Yes, um, it, uh, yes, especially because there's a guy who's still not employed that is really good at what he does, and he is available. Who knows what his interest level is? I, I just it'd be it'd be fascinating. Now, that said, do I think it's going to happen? No, I'm not trying to give you all hints. Sometimes on the show, I try to provide little breadcrumbs. Sometimes on the show, I do kind of throw out scenarios that are going to happen. <laughs> or that I think are strong likelihoods. This isn't one of those. This isn't one of those. I do think it is fair to assess and say that Mike is in an enviable position. Probably the best that my, my original point was that it's the best position he's ever been in as a head coach yep. because he's 
guided a successful campaign at a talent-rich school and region with an historical uh, championship caliber uh, status. So the cachet of Florida State and the success that he's had here simultaneous now leads him into a very different pool of players and coaches. That's fair. And that's just the reality of a situation when you succeed here as opposed to succeeding at Memphis. You cap out at Memphis with a very different level of player and coach than you do at Florida State. And, you know, you can't win a national championship at Memphis. You damn sure can and are expected to here. So you have to be operating with the mindset that this is different. This is, I'm trying to win a national championship. Is my staff a national championship staff? And if it's not, am I in a position now to upgrade it at various positions in order for it to take a step in that direction? Well, the answer after a 10 and three season is you are, you've taken great strides in that direction. Doesn't mean that the right guy is available right now. Doesn't mean that you want to go over uh, into a drastic overhaul. Doesn't mean you want to do any of those things just yet. Obviously it means he wanted to make one change. And we speculated about that during the season correctly. I don't know about two or three changes. And who knows what other opportunities are out there for the guys that we're kind of making veiled references to. Um, you know, Randy Shannon has coached a lot of places in a lot of different positions. He's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator. He's been a linebacker's coach. He's been a quarterback's coach. He's been a lot of things, right? Randy may get a job offer somewhere. I don't know. He may get a job offer to make more money and have a greater title um, because of his experience and what some people would perceive as recruiting acumen. Well, now you got to replace your linebackers coach. That might be something you're thinking about going to this coaches convention. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. It's just going to be interesting. I just think that this upcoming, these next couple of weeks are going to be fascinating. Uh, really across the sport, they always are. But especially now that Florida State's in the big boy pool and in you know swimming with the sharks now now it's now it's it's fun again. Look, is is Coach Adam Fuller the next Nick Saban? No, he's not. But the things I'd say if I was arguing for retention of services and allowing for more time, couplefold, his reputation at least early on, and it's weird to have you know, people tell you about reputations. I mean, it, it's just, you get, I guess you get older like you and you're around the beat long enough and people start talking to you, but, but his, his reputation in the transfer portal is really good. Yeah, and, it is. You know, he, he could, he does a good job in the portal. And if that's going to be one of the new hallmarks of the sport, you want a guy who understands how to grab people from the portal. Those players in my mind are more valuable because they're out of transfer locations to go freebie one-off departures. And then also their film is more reliable. And that's good for the culture across the board. So that's number one. Number two, I'd point to a specific example on Warchant TV from earlier this year in which Dominic Robinson did a study on the Wake Forest game. And you see like eight instances, and they're all key moments in the game, where the scheme is putting defensive backs in position to make a play, to yes. either get off the field or come away with a play. Right. There's nothing wrong with the scheme. There is nothing wrong with the coaching. At some point, you've got to go make a play. So if I'm going to be the advocate, and there's been a lot of argue, uh, argumentation and debate today on different sides. If I'm arguing for Adam Fuller, I'd say that's either on the DB's coach or we got to get better players. But either way, the DB's coach is responsible for a little bit of both. Does that mean that the defensive coordinator is blameless? No. But if you're in position to make plays and you don't, 
Come on, man. We're doing everything, not... we're doing everything but spoon feeding the meal into their mouth of the players. So let's take that next step. And to me, that would be a lesson in caution. Give them one crack at this with better caliber of players and maybe a better position coach. And let's see if we magically believe that he's a good defensive coordinator after 12 more games of evidence, 12 plus games. I am not advocating for the firing of Adam Fuller. I do not share a fairly significant portion of this fan base belief that Adam Fuller is incompetent or not good enough. I don't know how you want to phrase it to the extremes or whatever it might be. Some people would just say, I don't think he's a championship level defensive coordinator. I, I don't know. I do not share that opinion necessarily. I was hard on one guy this year. I only publicly addressed one guy this year on the air. And that was the guy that is no longer here. I was for this move. I would have done it. Well, it doesn't matter. He's gone. That is a good thing. If Adam Fuller comes back, I got no problem with that. I've had lengthy discussions with Adam Fuller. I agree with you. I think he's a smart guy, really smart guy, knows football. And our players, more often than not, are put in a good position. You are correct when you assess that secondary is incapable in a lot of ways of being the difference makers in these football games. And either it's because they aren't talented enough, and I think there is a need for an upgrade in talent there, uh, or or they're not taught properly. And they certainly haven't really been able to master consistently a zone. So um, they're making a change. I'm happy with that. If they don't make any other changes, fine. I do believe down the line that you're going to probably move away from Randy Shannon, uh, and I'll be okay with that. That's age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I like – that could happen this weekend. That'd be all right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I do believe down the line that you, you may end up making more changes. But for now, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I mean, what had to happen just happened. So I, I see this as a big win, and I'm not clamoring for more. I just think we're in a different time, and we've just entered a different space. And it's a, it's a fascinating thing to be a part of and to cover – and these kinds of conversations between diehard fans of all programs are what makes Sports Talk Radio fun. The bottom line is, I don't think there would be radical moves, but what if he gets there and Jim Leonard says, I want to be your defensive coordinator, and the defensive backs coach that you wanted says yes, and now I get to kill two birds with one stone that I think I'm going to want to do down the line anyhow? Perhaps that's a mindset, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe Jim Leonard walks up to Mike Norbell and says, I come tomorrow. I want to be your DC. I like what you're doing. I see where that program's going. Sure, I want to be a head coach someday, but it can wait three years because I'm young and up and coming, and I know I'll get these opportunities. I like what Florida State's got going. Sign me up, coach. And Mike might go, no, I'm good. I like my defensive coordinator. He might. He might. I, mean, I, I don't know. But what's irrefutable is the move in and of itself to replace the defensive backs coach has to catch the eye of anybody that's in the room. That, oh, yeah, no question, buddy. You know, if we think we can get better, we're going to get better. And that's <laughs> that's always a good thing, too. That is a real good thing. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV on a, it's already a Pause Wednesday? Weird week, man. Weird week. Um, I know that uh, you're going out of town, buddy, and you're going to have a good time, but I do want to note for everybody, uh, and nobody else cares, tour starts back up this weekend, buddy. It's it's, uh, it's out there in Hawaii, right? The tournament, of Ch- you know, this is that time of year. It's that we sit down and on Golf Channel, you see the beautiful scenery. Why you think you'd love to play that course? You're going to be yeah. playing a lot of golf, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're back up with the golf. This was a football season in which I, I I made a point to get out there and not completely lose touch with the game. Mm. But December, the holidays, the hard freeze, uh, the bowl game, New Year's, it's been a minute. Looking forward to get back out there. Let me brag on my wife for just a minute because she's doing something that is uh, very difficult this weekend. She's running um, for days. Literally, four of them. Uh, it is the Dopey Challenge in at Disney. So it's a 5K followed by a 10K followed by a half marathon followed by a full marathon consecutive days. Uh, that's ridiculous. I will not be participating in that. No, but I'm, no. I'm very proud of the accomplishment because that just seems ridiculous. Like, impossible but it is apparently a lot of people do it she's going to be one of them but yeah so i'll be down there doing the support thing at that point and the best part of it is sir uh when the day winds down there is golf on the television because primetime golf plays i look forward to watching the primetime golf love it love it i'm gonna watch it too and i'm really going to enjoy it i'm gonna gamble on it it's gonna be a lot of fun and then the next week there's another tournament i'm gonna gamble on that one too it's going to be a good time because that's my that's my cup of tea. I'm going to I, roll like, in there. I like this one. Uh, this one's fun. I just there's something about the specifically the 18th hole as you go down the hill. It's like a 600 yard par five, and it's just everything is before you in that final shot uh, of the tournament. And uh, Justin Thomas has had some horrible moments down there. He's won this tournament. I know Morikawa had a bad moment a few years ago where his dad is hovering over him as always. Um, but then I kind of fall asleep to golf for a few weeks when they get to Riviera out in LA for Tigers tournament. That's when it comes back on. And that's about the Florida swing, which is always a ton of fun too. So, yeah. This, this, this is the century tournament of champions. Um, and so the field is always loaded because it's last year's winners. And, um, it's, uh, the plantation course there at uh, Kapalua, which is absolutely stunning. And even if you don't like golf, I would argue that just tuning that in on a big screen television in, in high definition, you, you're going to see it's just gorgeous. It's peaceful to have in the background if you're doing uh, stuff. The, the craziest thing, though, is one of the most iconic places in the world to play golf is annually one of the worst tournaments in golf, which is in Pebble with the Pro-Am. Mm-hmm. To me, that is always I mean, because they play three different courses during the week, so it's impossible to follow the field. 
But how is it that a tournament that surrounds Pebble Beach is the worst? It's it's just it's hardly watchable. They got Clint Eastwood talking for an hour with nonsense on Sundays. It's always the worst. Well, it is a shame because as somebody who has been there and stood on that tee box on number one and also stood on the back of the 18th green and shared a scotch with my father, uh, it is absolutely breathtaking. Uh, and you're right. It should never be um, second fiddle to any event. Uh, I will say that tour players talk about Riviera as arguably the best course on the entire tour. Yeah. Um, it's a unique golf course and, a, and an interesting golf course uh, for a lot of reasons. And it's a storied history. Uh, but Pebble is breathtaking. And uh, when they have the U.S. Open at Pebble, oh. it's, in, it's unreal. It, yeah. You won't find a better venue. Uh, for the U.S. Open than Pebble. Be there every year. Uh, you know what? You could alternate between. Just go to Pebble and Bethpage and just alternate it. East Coast, West Coast. That's perfect. Well, there are, the Congressional's a great course. There are a lot of different courses. I like to see them rotate on. But I, I just, uh, I understand what you're saying. Did you hear that our guy is no longer a part of uh, broadcasting and golf on television? Who, what? Gary Coke. He's done. He, just, he said peace. NBC said peace. NBC said no mas. So no more on NBC are you going to see, well, they've missed it all day to the right, Ron. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep, Gary, there it is. We missed Gary it. we're tired of you having advanced knowledge of what's about to happen, pretending to the world that you didn't just see it 45 seconds ago, like somehow you're Nostradamus up in here. Uh, and, <laughs> and he's pissed. He's pissed. Like the guys at CBS a few years ago when they were like a McCord and a yeah. Peter Costas because they told him they wanted to get younger. He's 71. They hired Brad Faxon. <laughs> Faxon's in his 60s. <laughs> yeah. Considerably younger. Maybe they mean in spirit as well. I mean, uh, I, I would I would tell you, Brad, maybe in his 60s, but he acts like he's in his 40s, and he does. I mean, he's never been in a uh, – he's not an electrifying announcer, to say the least. No. But, he, but, but he does still play the game, and, is, and he coaches a lot of players in the realm of putting. He's a putting guru. Um, I yes. will – I'll tell you something about this. It's funny. Whenever – we talk about getting in the weeds. Whenever you have an expert – Whenever there's a putting expert on your show or being interviewed on TV, you have to really love golf to sit into that interview, buddy. You have to really – now, listen, you and I will sit and watch that and listen intently about things we could be doing to help uh, on the on the greens. But, buddy, that's asking a lot of an audience. <laughs> oh, look, man, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time this past year in my own personal game with the putter and it's gone to places it hasn't been in five, six years. It's, I'm in a great place putting the golf ball. But uh, Brad Faxon should not be in the booth every week on television. I mean, you combine that with Azinger now in the main booth. I mean, good God. Yeah, they're, they're butchering They're butchering this. No, I Brad Faxon should be the mascot for the Valspar because listening to him is literally paint drying. Yeah. He should not be a guy in the booth. And that means he's going to get 17 at, at TPC? Jesus, yeah. why is it that we always have to have old dudes like this from the Ryder Cup in 1991 or we have one of the Immelmans? Isn't there anybody else out there? Uh, well, no, hopefully there's another Immelman, Tom. Um, no, 
By the way, the Immelmans that are on podcasts are infinitely more interesting than the Immelmans that do the TV. If you listen to Trevor Immelman in a podcast, he's fantastic. I mean, because he'll say things. He says things like, oh, you should say that on the broadcast. That's interesting. He doesn't do that on the broadcast. Like, Immelman is a, 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 a Johnny Miller light on a podcast. He'll tell you somebody's swing sucks. He'll tell you somebody's emotional makeup isn't fit for majors. He'll tell you that that putting stroke will never win under pressure. He'll tell you, like, things that you want to hear that, that Johnny Miller would tell you every week. I mean, that kind of – he will do it in a podcast. He will not do it on the air. That's where if our guy Brandel could put down the live golf argument for a minute, he'd be great in a, in a tower. They'd never let him do it. They won't let him do it, and he is great. He is he great. He would rip people to shreds. He would rip people to shreds on the broadcast, which is what you want. Well, but he would do it, I think. Now, listen, is he erudite and difficult at times? Yes. I don't care. I think he's great. I think he's the best announcer in the sport. I don't think it's close uh, because he will say things that matter. He will tell you based on a lot of research and hard evidence, not right. just willy-nilly. He is going to give you a fact to back it up. It's not going to be like, well, I just feel that way. It's going to be like, no, no, I watched 47 hours of film before I posited this. I'll tell you what he would do, and and folks, I mean, way to ride with us during this segment because we clearly have a passion for golf broadcasting in yeah. a way that's un, unhealthy. But he would also be the worst thing for television in a major because they, oh, well, he just made a double bogey. He can't win. Statistically, that's <laughs> one of the thousand. So he's done. Let's stop cutting to him, guys. He can't win the major. <laughs> I don't care if he birdies the next five. There's never been a player in the history of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're right. It would be fun. Sorry, that is a little uh, behind the curtain there, guys. We're just actually this was more about broadcasting in general. Listen, uh, and, and no one person is anybody is everybody's cup of tea. I, I get that. I mean, it, it's that's the nature of the beast in the world but of broadcasting. Cup of tea is Brad Faxon. I can't believe I'm arguing that with Gary Coke. I should be celebrating. I'm like, what? Jesus. Somewhere Gary's furious. Is Gary the one that lives in Hawaii? No, that's Mark Rolfing. Mark oh, is off. boy, because Mark will tell you about it. Yeah, it's yes, gonna, it, uh, Mark will tell you about, well, you know, those trade wins. Uh, it's I, year. <laughs> I believe that uh, the 16th green this year, Kapalua, is mowed in a pattern that looks like Mark Rolfing's face from the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, guys, if you look here, now that's if you're at my house, you'd see that this is where the coconut tree. Yeah, it's, it's this is his tournament. Uh, and, and they're going to say something ridiculous on Golf Channel like, Nobody's more Hawaiian than Mark Rolfing. Well, yeah, yeah. well, guys, I have lived here for the last seven years, and I do feel like a local. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
Wrapping it up, Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Been fun today. Uh, thanks for hanging out, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Tom's going to be out of town golfing. Bastard. And I'm going to be here doing a show for you. It's okay. Love my job. Not that I'd rather be golfing with my dear friend over the course of three days on several different courses. No. It's okay. I'm here. It's going to be all right. We'll get an opportunity when you come back to town to, uh, to golf, Tom. I'm sure it'll be riveting. Be exciting for you after having gone to three different courses in three days. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, tell you about every hole of the different courses that I play, <laughs> but I, I am very excited to be playing Lake Buena Vista over the course of the three days. It's uh it's a really cool course in Orlando and it has a little bit of the Disney feel, just enough. Like it's just enough to be like, Oh, that's really cool. That's a nice backdrop, that's a nice eye line, and then you just continue to play golf. But yeah. I'll tell you what I do want to do here real soon, and it's been difficult because, obviously, we just ignored the fact that Florida State played basketball over the weekend against Duke and got trounced. I mean, it's pretty amazing how far off a cliff this has fallen, and, and this segment brought to you by our friends at Tallulah, and I would note about Tallulah, uh, off, they are now in Thomasville, if you're listening, uh, in Thomasville, Georgia. Swing on over. Uh, they've got a store right by you. They also have a Kava bar now open in the uh, Bannerman Crossing area. They are also, it's a second location in Bannerman Crossings, in fact. And um, lots of Kratom drinks, Kava drinks, all that good stuff. Uh, they have a Midtown location in the former Soto space uh, where they have a wide vape selection. If that's your cup of tea, can't miss the new sign right there. Also, still selling the CBD for pets and for people. You got sore joints, bad back, all that stuff, rub some CBD on it. Uh, helps with arthritis and joints and all that good stuff. And also they have uh, roll-ons for that, by the way, which I think are effective. And, of course, as always, any of your Tulu's have the Delta 8, Delta 9, and the drinks that go with. So wide selection, wide swath. I mentioned basketball because, Tom, we just played and got trounced, and you knew that was going to happen, and uh, nobody was you know, shocked by that. Um, we only had – in that game, one thing stands out to me, three scoring threats, Matthew Cleveland, Caleb Mills, and Darren Green Jr. And Duke always had on the court at any given time five scoring threats in their lineup. And so, I don't know, I watched, by the way, for 10, 15 minutes of the first half, knowing it was a foregone conclusion. We did keep it within a two-possession game for much of that first half, but I think we wore down, and you're seeing evidence that this team doesn't have the depth that it had in the past. And also Duke's doing something different. Uh, they are rotating more players than Coach K ever did, so you're seeing a, a coaching philosophy shift at Duke, and uh, at the end of the day, that's that's where we're at. So final stats were ugly. Bench points, all that good stuff. Not good. The women continue to be dominant in the world of basketball. They won that 78-71 uh, road game against North Carolina, which we never mentioned. They followed that up with a 99-58 route of Georgia Tech in Atlanta on New Year's Day. Uh, they are now 14-2, Tom, and 3-0. and They have a freshman star in Tania Latson. Uh, and if anybody has that's an O out there that hasn't seen her, uh, go, go watch her because she's a freak probably, arguably, uh, the most talented women's basketball player the program has ever had. She's that good. Yeah, and uh, the group still couldn't get ranked. So uh, we'll see if that changes. I would assume it would change in short order. Uh, on the men's side of things, that's uh, Georgia Tech this weekend. That's always a problem matchup, but it's at uh, least here. It's at least here. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm looking at the next two games. You got Georgia Tech and Wake Forest. I mean, there you go. 
you win both of those, you're squarely over 500 in the conference, and you're putting yourself in position because Wednesday night, I believe, is Bob Miller night, and that would be nice to get him back in the fold. You're hosting Virginia two Saturdays from now. That ain't going to work out. But I'm just talking about the gear up and the lead up process to Tuesday night, January 24th, here in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. And it's Miami. It's coaches versus cancer night. Platinum it's also Bohica on the line, baby. Platinum Bohica night. Platinum Bohica night. That's this is all building up to that. And I look forward to the opportunity of making that mark on the season while also being competitive in ACC play. It's not like this conference is comprised of world beaters. Nope. You could still find a way, I think, cobble a way to be around 500 in the conference when that slate is over. Certainly not for the overall record, but I think ACC record, you got a shot at it, especially if you make hay in the next two games. <laughs> if we were a little racier show, I would say Platinum Bohica night is Wednesdays. And you could you could be like, honey, I'm home. <laughs> but uh, but we're talking about in the basketball sense, guys. The basketball sense, ten straight wins against any opponent constitutes a platinum bohica. And Florida State is on the cusp of achieving this rather elusive goal. I would love for it to happen. Uh, as tough talk goes, it's going to be strange as we tell you to go out to pinch a penny and make sure. You get yourself a new uh, hot tub to relax and enjoy the new year. If you want to play the cue, go ahead, because I like the sound of it. It's time for Tub Talk, brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now, it's live to the tub. I could use a new hot tub. I hope me and Pinch-A-Penny are building a very found, a solid foundation which point that we could see this we're relaxing this is nice we're just sitting in the tub uh two parts in the remaining two minutes that we have here of tub talk the first in all the sadness with the demar hamlin situation there is something cool that has happened and this is people helping people yet again when prompted people do respond overwhelmingly so to the good and that is that they are so showing support for Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin. Obviously, we know about the cardiac arrest, and we're still holding our breath. And I hope this isn't dated at the time that you hear it. Uh, but they are donating to the foundation's toy drive that he set up. They had a goal initially of two thousand five hundred for his fundraiser on GoFundMe uh, in order to, to get toys for kids. Something we're very familiar with here in Tallahassee, that you guys have done such a good job. Uh, I can give you a further backstory here, but obviously they wanted to raise money to buy toys for children who were impacted most by COVID-19 and in his hometown in Rocks, PA, in, in, in McReese, Rocks, PA. Uh, Tom, they have now um, been able to amass over $6 million. It's awesome. Just awesome. Well, uh, Nothing more to add to that. That's just what that is. People can be really, really good. And, yeah. uh, you know, there is a precursor in this particular franchise, Buffalo, the Bills Mafia. Uh, was it Flacco that led a game-winning drive late in the game against Cincinnati, or was it Dalton against Baltimore? One way or the other. They ended up donating to the other quarterback's charity yes. in, in Groves. And we thought, wow, that's really cool, kind of crowdsourcing. We didn't know what GoFundMe would become. It was but, Bill's Mafia that donated to Andy Dalton's charity. I do believe yeah, Bill's Mafia for sure. Yeah, I just I knew it was that franchise's fan mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's now something that's more of the norm. And at that point, it was novel. It's something that's more of the norm. 
and let's just hope that we can see what it means to DeMar. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope by the time you're hearing this, we've already got better news. I don't know that that will be the case. But, Tom, safe travels to you. Good luck to your lovely wife. Doctor, run like the wind blows if you're listening. And, uh, hey, I will see you soon, partner. Be well. Enjoy the golf. And, uh, guys, I'll be back with you tomorrow in some shape, form, or fashion. So there will be more content tomorrow. Be good. Take care. Peace.